Welcome to the Legacy Church Online Campus Podcast. Each week we upload the worship and messages from our online community stream right here as an audio version of those services so that you can be a part of our community wherever you are. In today's episode, we're talking about passion and innocence. So stick around for that. But first, let's get into worship. without hope and no place to begin your love made a way to let mercy come in when death was arrested and my life began ash was redeemed only beauty remains my orphan heart was given a name my morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance When death was arrested and my life began Oh, your grace so free washes over me shame was a ransom he faithfully bore he canceled my debt and he called me his friend when death was arrested and my life began your grace oh your grace so free washes Rejoice as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested and my life began. Wanna sing it out of your grace? Oh, your grace so free washes over. Your endless love pouring down 
I open up myself, catch the breath of the earth. As melodies resound in me, it's still the enemy. Oh, I will sing with the voice of my Father and the breath of the earth. Oh, the breath of the earth. With your authority, a confidence unwavering. Oh, the rhythm of your heart and mind affirms your victory. You are my breath, exhaling, and you are surrounded with whirlwinds and Ourselves, catch the breath of the author. Hey, as melodies resound in me, it's still the enemy. Oh, I will sing with the voice of my father and the breath of the author.
I am a man of many hobbies. I have tried everything from sewing, knitting, crocheting, macrame, woodworking, bookbinding, kombucha brewing, wood burning, wire wrapping, cake decorating, bread making, pastries, so many things. And every time I start something new, it's hard for me to not jump onto Amazon and start buying everything related to it right away. I love trying new things and seeing what I can and sometimes can't make. Usually my hobby evolution process looks like this. I watch a TikTok or some video online that briefly shows someone doing it and I think, uh, oh, that's interesting. And then I start searching for more videos and I will binge these videos until I've watched probably around 50. And at that point, I am an expert on the topic. I just haven't done it yet. but. Now it's time to buy the supplies. So I'll do a ton of research on which gear to get, what has the best reviews, stuff like that. And then I'll go back and forth on whether to get the professional level equipment that I really usually can't afford or to just get a basic starter pack. My thoughts jump back and forth between, you know, you're really gonna like this and you could spend all of your time on it and then sell what you're making and it'll pay for itself. Back and forth between that and you know that you'll do this for a month or two and then you'll move on to something else and this stuff will sit in your closet for a few years until you finally put it in the yard sale. So I buy the beginner's kit, I use it for a month or two and then I move on to something else and the stuff sits in the closet for a few years until I finally put it in the yard sale. Can anyone else relate? I know I'm not the only one who does this because I inherited this trait, but I also think that there's something about our nature as humans that works like this too. When you Google stages of passion, you find a bunch of different articles outlining four, sometimes five stages of love. And they usually look like this. Stage one is the selection stage in a relationship that's choosing who you wanna be with or having that first realization. In a hobby, it's the, oh, that's interesting. I could do that moment. Stage two is the romance or falling in love stage. In a relationship, this is when we stop thinking quite so rationally and go all in in spending time with this person. With a hobby, this looks like me consuming every video I can get my hands on of people doing that hobby and explaining each part. It's also when I start shopping for the, for the supplies. Stage three of passion is the attachment phase. This is where your relationship has settled into something normal. You know a lot about the other person. You start to recognize some of the negative traits that you hadn't really noticed before because love is blind and you're starting to put some work into the relationship. For me and my hobbies, this is that month or two span where I'm actually doing the hobby and enjoying it to a degree, but realizing that there's some monotonous parts to it that I'm starting to disdain. And the fourth stage is sometimes the last stage. This is considered the falling out of romantic love stage. In a relationship, this is the moment of truth when all of the feel-good chemicals in our brain are no longer going off just because we're around the other person. We lose the initial rush that you have at the beginning of the relationship, and you're at the point where you choose, is this forever or does this chapter need to close? With my hobbies, this is where I stop choosing to do it. I'd rather watch TikTok on the couch than go across the room and work on my hobby. And then I'm watching TikTok and guess what? Another hobby video pops up and grabs my attention and I start the process all over again. The fifth stage is the stage you make it to if you choose to keep with it, true love. This isn't the place where you can just continue to coast without putting the work in, but you continue to choose the relationship whether it's a good day or a bad day. As far as hobbies go, uh, it seems like most golfers just immediately rush to this stage. I don't get it, but there's only a few hobbies that have made it this far for me. Now, 
All of this is by design. Relationships and this pattern of passion isn't just some ethereal direction that our life goes in. We have chemicals and patterns in our brains that lead us through each of these stages whenever passion is at play. This is why a lot of people join an MLM, make some sales, and then they start to slow down with it, or why New Year's resolutions get off to a good start and within a few weeks are forgotten thoughts. It's not that we lose passion, but passion as an entity evolves into something that doesn't look close to the same at infancy as it does in its maturity. But for those of you in a long-time relationship, have you noticed that there are certain things you can do to sort of reset the passion, like schedule regular date nights or try new things together. There's things that can kickstart us back to that fresh passion place. It's the same thing that happens when we hear a motivational speech or watch an inspirational movie. We get rejuvenated when something new is brought in. New things spark new passion. And I don't think this is all that different in our salvation experience. A lot of times when we first come to Christ, we have a fresh passion for all things Christ-focused. We read our Bible, we worship, we pray, we dig in, and we tell other people about the life change that we've experienced. And as time goes on, we keep going to church, but it slowly morphs into this normal routine where passion isn't as obvious. And before we realize it, we aren't walking out the Great Commission. We're not going, and if we do go, we're not making disciples. We're just sort of surviving. I mean, when was the last time that you invited someone to join you for church, or better yet, shared the good news of Christ with them? For most of us, it's probably been a while. Let's take a moment and look at 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and holds us tightly because we are convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again, so from now on, we refuse to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances, for that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to Him. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God through our union with Him. There's a lot to unpack in that. First, Christ's love for us is why we know love. It's why we have this passion for others and for God. And according to the scripture, it's what fuels our passion. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. This new evolution is what renews our passion. How many scriptures do we have saying that he makes all things new? His mercies are new every morning. Our life in Christ should constantly be filled with this new thing, fresh things. And then it goes on to say that we've been reconciled or won over to friendliness through Christ. And now we're called to do the same for others, to let them know that God is friendly toward them. You're on speaking terms, you're on dinner with terms, you're on sit on the couch with and watch Netflix terms. You're not enemies as far as God's concerned. 
I love that it says through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. So that is good news. God isn't keeping a record of your transgressions. And now as blameless and innocent children of God, we are ambassadors for him to the rest of the world. This scripture lays it all out right there. Christ's love makes all things new, which fuels our passion to let people know that God isn't angry, disappointed, or even at odds with them. We've all been reconciled. Colossians 1, 15 through 20 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all of the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. The fullness of God was pleased to dwell and to reconcile all things on earth and in heaven to himself. And we have peace by the blood of his cross. This is the message of the gospel. The Passion Translation says it this way. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. So through Christ, we have been restored to innocence. innocence. I was in a conversation about a month ago and one of the people I was talking with asked the question, does the salvation experience look and feel different for each person or is it sort of an across the board feeling? And as the three of us talked about our own experiences, we realized that our stories, though they have similar components and are all centered around Christ, are very different and we have different feelings associated with our salvation experience. One of the people in the conversation had grown up in church, but hadn't lived the quote unquote Christian life until much later in life. They experienced the crazy college years and all that entails. And when they came to Christ, it was a radical change from their life before. My story isn't like that at all. I grew up in a Christian home. I gave my life to Christ one night in the bedroom with my dad at the age of four. And I grew up leading worship through youth group and then the adult services and then going into full-time ministry. And while four-year-old me made that decision and I continue to make that decision, my life with Christ was a gradual maturing rather than a sudden radical transition. But for all of us, innocence is something that a lot of times feels lost. Innocence isn't limited to sexual conduct, intoxication, or legal merit. Our feeling of innocence is also at play when we become addicted to gossip or uncontrolled anger or even understanding. I mean, that's what happened to Adam and Eve when they ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, isn't it? They lost their innocence. They lost the ability to remain not guilty. They now knew better and it became a wedge in their relationship with God. But here in Colossians, we see that we have been restored to innocence, that we are back to the garden, except instead of visitations from God, we have an indwelling of his spirit. So it doesn't matter now what your past looks like, what you feel was lost to other relationships or what your moral history looks like. You've been washed by his blood and your innocence is back intact and it can't be undone this time. That's crazy. That's this new creation. That's his mercy new every single morning. That's the love that fuels us to live each day. And now that's the love and the message that we are mandated to share with others. 
you're innocent, you're at peace with God. So come to the table. You guys, that's exciting. Uh, it's exciting right now, but I know that the feeling and the passion that I feel, and I hope you feel, isn't going to keep itself stirred up forever. We have to renew it, just like Paul told James, to stir up the flame. In that scripture in James 1, he tells James that he remembers the faith of his grandmother and his mom, and he's sure that James has it too. James just needs to stir it up. We all have those people in our lives, whether we know them or have seen them on a screen, that have had a passionate faith. Well, that passion for Christ and for the gospel is in every single believer. We just have to stir it up. So that's what I wanna leave us on. Have you stirred up your faith? Have you embraced the simplicity of the gospel? And is there an innocence that Holy Spirit wants to lead you into right now? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you um, for this revelation of love and this understanding of, of innocence that you're wanting to share with your body right now. Um, I'm just asking that anyone that has held a place where they have believed themselves to be too far or too gone or too dirty or too bad um, to be innocent, that you would give them the internal revelation right now, the personal revelation of their innocence, that God has declared them innocent and brought them back to the original creation, back to the original plan. Um, that nothing nothing was too far, there's nothing that couldn't be undone, that your love is covering and restoring everything. Um, and then the second thing that I wanna ask is, as that revelation sinks in, I ask that you would help us, that you would show us how to stir up our faith, how to stir up our passion, um, so that not just so that we, we have great services or a great relationship, we want those things, God, but we want also um, to be doers. We want to go and fulfill the Great Commission and share this love and this understanding of innocence with the rest of the world. And so I ask that you would lead us every step that we take every single day, that you would be leading us uh, to people that need that understanding, that need to know that you are happy with them, that you are excited about them, that you are not mad at them, and that you have done everything to restore them back into relationship and back to innocence. And so I'm just asking for all of that. And we ask that in the, in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's a wrap for this episode. Just a few quick notes before we go. Our community stream happens Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Facebook and YouTube. We are Legacy478 on those platforms and we would love to get to know you on any of our social media platforms. Find us on Facebook or Instagram and leave a comment saying you came from the podcast. You can also join our Facebook community group, see upcoming events, or become a financial supporter by going to legacy478.info. We'll see you next week. Go and be intentional.